most of us don't just want to read our Bible. We want to enjoy it. We want to understand it. This is the Bible Field Guide podcast. We make the Bible make sense. On today's episode, we'll ask a deceivingly straightforward question. What is the Torah? While that might sound bland or obvious, I think the truth is far from it. The Torah is a complex, multi-genre mosaic. It's a collage that can make even the most advanced modern minds spin. Now don't let that scare you, because when you see the whole picture, it's exciting. The English literary scholar, writer, and Christian apologist C.S. Lewis wrote, The first qualification for judging any piece of workmanship, from a corkscrew to a cathedral, is to know what it is, what it was intended to do, and how it was meant to be used. You know, so a good corkscrew uncorks wine, obviously, and a good cathedral evokes transcendence and awe. You don't really know what a corkscrew is or a cathedral is unless you understand what they do. Now, over our last two podcasts, I've been trying to explore precisely what the Torah does. We looked a few episodes ago at how the Torah is instruction. It's designed to develop wisdom, to shape our character, and to bring us into conversation with our Creator God. But it's not just designed to do that. It's designed to shape a certain kind of community, not just individuals, but a society of worshipers. Last episode, we saw that the Torah is a story. Its central theme is God's mission to dwell on earth as in heaven. And we looked at how human sin jeopardizes that plan. Now, I think this story has an implicit invitation built right into it. It's asking us a question. Will you join in? Even thousands of years later, will you join in and will you fit your reality into the contours of this story? which of course circles us back to to where we started in the first episode. This book is designed to do something. That's what this particular corkscrew does. It's meant to shape us into a certain kind of people. It's meant to shape us into a certain kind of society. So that's what the Torah does. But how does the Torah do that? To answer that question, and that's the question I want to explore today, we need to ask the question, what is the Torah? Now, the obvious answer to that is that the Torah is the first five books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. But hearing that could lead to a really easy misconception. I'll speak for myself here. Before I read the Torah, I heard that it was five books, and I assumed that each of these books was kind of like a book in a book series like Harry Potter. You know, each book had its own encapsulated story with a beginning, middle, and end. But that's a misconception for a few reasons. Uh, First is this. The Torah doesn't tell five stories. The Torah is really only telling one story. We don't know exactly when the Torah was divided into five parts, but it's obvious that these parts were designed to interlock with one another. They not only develop the same themes, but they're actually telling the same overarching story. Uh, Let me give you a few examples. So the early parts of the Torah, uh, they interlock with the later parts by setting the agenda. Okay, so in Genesis 1 to 2, we learn that God's original plan for humanity was that they would be fruitful and multiply and fill the land, and then God's plan was to bless them. 
Now, all that goes awry in Genesis 3.11, but God reboots that exact same plan through Abraham in Genesis 12. He promises that Abraham will be fruitful and that he'll have many descendants and they will inherit a special land. And through them, God is going to bless humanity. God says that through Abraham's family, God's going to bring his universal blessing to all human families and nations. So if you didn't catch it, Genesis 1 to 2, it sets the agenda for the Abraham story. And the promises that God makes to Abraham, and those three promises are this, land, descendants, and blessing. Those promises that God makes to Abraham, they actually set the agenda for the rest of the Torah. Here's what I want us to see. God's partial fulfillment of those promises to Abraham. Again, land, descendants, and blessing. They actually set the agenda for what's going to unfold in the last four books, which really tell the life of Moses from top to bottom. So the Torah, it's not a typical book series. It's not like Harry Potter. It's telling one unified story, not five separate stories that all build on top of each other. But there's a second reason why the Torah isn't exactly like Harry Potter. The reason is that the Torah isn't all narrative. The Torah is actually a collage of genres and documents, and it's a wild range of things. I mean, things from narratives to poems, songs, prayers, prophecies, legal texts, covenant agreements, blueprints, ritual instructions. I mean, I can keep going here, but it's a collage of all of these different elements. And I think it's helpful to think of the Torah as a mosaic. If you've never seen a mosaic, I think most of us have, but a mosaic is an image which is created or made up of lots of tiny little blocks. And taken together, those tiny little blocks, they they form an image. Now, obviously, someone could go and try and look at one block at a time. But if you just try to look at one block at a time, you're never going to be able to see the big image. Those tiny little blocks only make sense in light of the bigger picture. In the exact same way, the Torah is a mosaic. It's a mosaic of narrative, poetry, music, legal texts, covenant agreements, ritual instructions. Now, on their own, they may lose some of their meaning. But when we read them in light of each other, when we read them in light of the bigger picture that the Torah is actually telling or showing, they're tremendously valuable. And they contribute to the whole image that I think the Torah is trying to give us. And that's what we talked about last week, God's mission to dwell on earth as in heaven. So I think this is really the greatest challenge of reading the Torah today. We, modern people, we're challenged to navigate multiple genres that, frankly, we don't spend much time navigating in our daily life. And because they're difficult for us, we often end up getting stuck in the details. We end up losing the big picture. We end up becoming that person who's trying to make sense of the mosaic by looking at one little block at a time. So one of our goals here with Bible Field Guide is to help you see that big picture and help you see how each of those little blocks fit into that bigger story, that that bigger image. Let's go back to where we started. A corkscrew is designed to uncork wine. And the Torah is meant to do something too. It's meant to shape the lives, aspirations, and worldview of a society. The problem is that if the Torah was a corkscrew, Well, it wouldn't uncork wine in the way that we would expect. So we could draw one of two conclusions about the Torah. We could assume that either the Torah is a bad corkscrew, or maybe I just don't know how to use it yet. I lean towards number two because the simple fact is that the Torah has shaped the people of God and even wider societies for not just centuries, but millennia. 
There's something radical and transformative here. It's why we haven't forgotten it. It's why we still study it to this day. And we moderns, we can really easily gloss right over it. But there's something there to learn from. And so I don't want to say the Torah is a bad corkscrew. I think the Torah can do what it's designed to do. It can shape our societies. It can shape our character, our aspiration, our worldview. It can do all those things, but we've got to learn how to use it. So that's why we're actually going to go through each book separately as we're moving through this on Bible Field Guide. And we're not going to teach each book chapter by chapter or line by line. Instead, our main goal is to give you the the help, the instructions you need to understand each big section properly. We want to help show you, teach you how to uncork all of these different genres that maybe you're not used to reading. We want to help you see the bigger picture so that you don't lose sight of how those tiny little parts fit into it. And so, like I said, we're going to look through each of these books one by one, kind of looking at them from different angles and different parts. And I hope that in the end, it's going to help you see this amazing mosaic of God's mission to dwell on earth as in heaven. And more importantly, it's going to let the Torah do what I think it wants to do in your life, which is to shape you, to shape your character, your vision, your worldview. Thanks for listening to Bible Field Guide. Please subscribe and give us a rating if you like this content. It helps other people find our podcast. If you don't already follow us on Instagram, just search for Bible Field Guide or click the link in the show notes. Or you can go to our website, BibleFieldGuides.com, to browse what we've created so far. We're still in the very early stages of the project. Like I said at the beginning of the podcast, this is kind of our, our first real jaunt into the Bible. So there's not a lot out there yet, but we've got a lot, lot, lot more planned. So if you've got any questions, thoughts, ideas, or musings, you can go onto our website, email us there. Please reach out. We'd love to hear from you.